Have you known for a while that you need to hire VAs, but you just keep putting it off? Or maybe you're like me and you hired some VAs, it didn't work out, you lost some confidence and you just haven't tried it again. Well, I'm gonna talk to you today with Michael Shogren about all of the benefits, all of the, the cons, all of the things that have come with trying to hire VAs and how to go about hiring the right VAs for your business right now on the Fearless Investor Podcast. If you are serious about building your short-term rental business to $10,000, $20,000, maybe even $30,000 a month or more, you have come to the right place. My name is Kyle Stanley, and this is the Fearless Investor Podcast, where we teach you all things short-term rentals, the best guests, the best tools, the best strategies. There are so many investing paths out there. It can be seriously overwhelming to start out as a new investor, but take it from me, short-term rentals is the best and the quickest way to build your cash flow. So buckle up, listen in, and get ready to conquer the world of short-term rentals. Here we go. Hey, Fearless community, before we get the show started, I want to let you know that you now have the chance to get direct access to me in order to grow and strengthen your short-term rental business. How? The Six Figure Formula membership. I'm the only one in this space offering this value-packed membership for a stupid, stupid low price of $49 per month, and you get access to me my podcast guests, you get to be a part of our amazing private community, you get our full A to Z business in a box STR kickstart course, and maybe most exciting, especially for me, you get exclusive discounts that we worked for months to get that no one else is getting out there. Price Labs, AirDNA, NoiseAware, HostAway, and so many more at your fingertips. So become a part of this 6FF movement. Get started today for just $49 a month at fearlesskyle.com forward slash 6FF. Hey guys, welcome into the Fearless Investor Podcast. You're listening to me, Kyle Stanley, and I'm really excited uh, to have my good friend, Mike Shogren on the show today. Mike has been uh, really doing a lot of podcasts with me, a lot of different side projects on the side. We're a part of the Seven Figure Mastermind. Last year, we went to Breckenridge. This year, we're going to Cabo. We're having a lot of fun doing a lot of things together. And one of the things that we always talk about together is virtual assistants. And I said, well, maybe we should have a conversation about virtual assistants on my podcast. And that's when he also said, by the way, I've got something that can actually help people with virtual assistants. So not only are we going to talk today about that, about the topic of virtual assistants and all of our struggles that we went through when we were first getting into it, we both had major struggles uh, when we were first hiring VAs and keeping them. But also he's got a resource, so stick to the end, where he talks about how you can use his resources to make sure that you're getting the right hires for your business. We're also going to talk about a few different things along the lines of leadership. And also he calls it a playbook I call it a company manual. And these are things, by the way, that took me forever to either learn or put together. And in case you didn't know, I actually have provided to you these resources at your fingertips that will save you not only thousands of dollars, but hundreds of hours of work. And you can find all of them at fearlesskyle.com forward slash 6FF resources. That's where you get the full price version of them, the company manual, which took me over a hundred hours to make. You get at your fingertips, editable, ready for you to be able to implement your own systems in there. And the virtual assistant training, it's called virtual assistants, how to hire train and onboard virtual assistants. That's a training about two hours long that you're going to get. And it's all of my key tips on how to be able to bring on great people and hire and onboard them. All of that for you right there at fearlesskyle.com forward slash 6FF resources. But if you're not a part 
of the six-figure formula, then go to fearlesskyle.com forward slash 6FF, sign up for $49 a month and get those same resources that I just mentioned at checkout for a greatly discounted upwards of 50% discount. And you can have that forever, absolutely forever. Uh, pretty cool. So anyway, without further ado, let's get to it with Michael Shogren on the Fearless Investor Podcast, where we're talking about how to find the right VAs for your business. Hey guys, welcome into the Fearless Investor Podcast. Uh, you are getting ready to listen to a really fun conversation that I'm going to have with my good friend, Mike Shogren. And if you have not heard Mike's story, we've had him on the podcast twice. Um, he's killing it, especially in the transitioning over to hotels. And Mike, you, you just closed on one that's what, like 56 units? Yeah, 57. 57. That's going wow. through a crazy rental right now. Yeah, how long is that rental going to take? Uh, we closed on it a couple of days after Christmas and, uh, the first phase, 30 of the units will be done in August. And then the other 27, probably by the end of the year. Nice. But that, so all together, probably what, over a year? Yeah. About yeah. a year. That's a long renovation. <laughs> yeah. But Hey, I'm, I'm excited today about this conversation. You and I are a big believer in bringing in VAs to your business, but we also like going back at one point, we both were kind of banging our head up against the, against the wall um, and, and not necessarily believers in it. Um, and so I think it's always a good opportunity for people to kind of hear the, the pros, the cons, the, the struggles and the benefits of virtual assistance, really any part of this business, right? And so I just want to have a conversation with you and let everyone be a fly on the wall and, and let's just talk VAs for a little bit. Sound good? Yeah, 100%. Still. Awesome. So me personally, man, like I, I got into trying VAs during the pandemic. It was 2020. I hired three in like nine months. I fired three in those nine to 12 months. And I just was like, at that point, no, VAs don't work. Whoever says VAs work, you know, has a hidden agenda. It's not possible. And I was doing the same thing. I was hiring them from the Philippines. I was going on upwork.com, onlinejobs.ph. Like I was using all of those and it just wasn't working. And, and for me, like I ended up figuring out that if I actually had a resource and a company manual to onboard them, that was the biggest difference. But can you, can you kind of talk about what your experience was before um, like VAs were when they were not successful for you versus when you did find some success with them? Yeah. And even before that, it's kind of piggyback on the whole AI thing, right? Mm -hmm. So before that, the first PMS I had, or, you know, quote unquote PMS was hospitable. And I went with them at the beginning because they had AI built into it, right? And so I, obviously I had all the automated messages, but then you could create automatic response based on keywords that guests would ask, right? So if right. it detected like the word pool, I could have an automatic response trigger about like, hey, it looks like you got a question about the pool. Here's all the info. Here's the hours where you get towels, blah, 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 blah. Yep. And I built up like all these automated messages to go out and it worked pretty good. You know, this is back in like 2018, 2019. Well, I was still working a job and I got up to like seven or eight properties. And once I got to that point, I started to get like sucked back into the business. When I had like four or five, I was like, I felt like I was the man. Cause I was like, you know, I got this dialed. Like I'm, I'm barely working at all. All this is automated. Like things are great. But as I added a few more units, I just felt this like multiplication effect mm -hmm. that was just taking more and more of my time. And, um, so like you, you know, I tried some of the, the common ones to go out there and find VAs and I ended up going through four VAs, same thing. I'd bring them on. And then I just felt like I was just constantly task delegating the whole right. time. And I was like, 
why am I paying somebody to like literally, I tell them to do something, then they ask me how to do it. And then I answer them and then they're like, okay, now what do I do? And now and what do at I that do? point you're like, I could have already responded to the guests and handle the situation without you. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And it was super frustrating. But then after a while, it like became a pattern. And I'm like, clearly I'm not doing something right. Like mm -hmm. something is off. And what I realized was I was just a sucky manager and a, and a sucky leader, right? And I didn't have good process. Like I had really good SOPs and a good playbook. That was, that was my background. I was a CPA and an auditor for 10 years. So like my job was to go in and create efficiencies for companies. So I had a good playbook, but like when I'd hire somebody, I'd hire them and then I'd just give them the playbook and just expect them to like figure it out. I'm like, dude, right. I documented everything, like figure it out, go look for the answer in here. But if you took a job at a company and you showed up and they just gave you a playbook and no guidance and they were like, okay, like you're starting, you'd probably feel like, did I make the best career change here or the best job change? Right. So yeah. then I started to evaluate, okay, I should probably create an onboarding process. Like what are the key things that I should first off, make sure that they have their email and access to everything and all of that stuff. But then it's like, okay, day one, how would I set this up for a win for them? And like, what yep. should I train them on first? And then next and next. So I built out like a, initially a 14 day and then a 30 day like onboarding plan for the VAs. And then that helped a lot. And then it was just like iterating that. And then it was, okay, we have our property cheat sheet, which has all the essential info for every property just across the board. Yep. And then I found that they kept asking me, you know, if there was a maintenance issue, like, Hey, who, who should I call? So then we added like points of contact for, you know, basic issues. And I'd have a list of issues, like call this person. If it's a plumbing issue and the handyman can't fix it, call this plumber and then this plumber. And we just built up like these point of contacts list for all the properties. And then that gave me more time. Right. And then the real change happened when I or the real freedom point happened when I started to focus on delegating results instead of delegating tasks yeah. and creating like KPIs and performance <laughs> measures for each person. So I wasn't just having to delegate tasks all the time. Yeah. So, so many things there. So first of all, I, I literally just did a YouTube video. And for those of you that are watching this live right now, it's actually going to go live next uh, Tuesday, but it was called two ways to uh, reduce turnover in your business. And the two things that you just talked about, Give them a resource and keep the onboarding process simple, but duplicatable, right? Like as soon as I did it once, I knew that, hey, if I can do this, if I can teach them this onboarding process, then my COO can teach them this onboarding process. And then it could essentially be something where eventually we had a, v a head VA could that could then teach any of the oncoming VAs that onboarding process. So I love that. I also want to talk about just for a second, like the kind of person that you had to either evolve into or really like the leader that you had evolved into to get past this, like, Hey, you should just get it and understand it versus like, okay, I need to take a little bit of ownership and show them the way and not just assume that they get it by looking at the playbook. Yeah. And it's, it was like one of those light bulb moments. I was talking to a buddy of mine, not in this industry, but an entrepreneur. Mm -hmm. And I was, I was telling, I was complaining basically about some employee issues. And he was like, dude, if they didn't need you, they wouldn't be working for you. Yeah. Like they'd be entrepreneurs themselves. Like they don't think the same way that you think. And he's like, your job, you're not an employer, you're a coach. And it was like the light bulb went off. And it's funny, like you and I are both coaches. It's like, we're coaching other people, but 
I wasn't coaching my own team yeah. and looking at it, just that little subtle perspective switch was just so eye opening for me of like, right. It, it's weird too, though. Sorry, I don't mean to cut you off, but it's weird because like, there's so many times still today that I realize like, Hey, I just assume my entire team gets it because we have a weekly meeting, but like I should be coaching them be way more beyond just them understand. Like I, I, it's not the matrix. I can't just get them to download my entire brain from one meeting. Um, so I, I totally relate with that. Yeah. And then once I, once I had that like light bulb moment, then it was like, okay, I'm going to carve out time. Yes. We have our set meetings and things like that. But then it was like, okay, what are some things that I had to kind of pull it out of them too. And I, I think yeah. it might be a cultural thing of, you know, the VAs that we work with in the Philippines, they're amazing and they work super hard, but they, I found that they don't want to bother you. So like sometimes they just won't ask questions if they're not clear because they don't want to bother you. So I had to create like a safe space for them to say, Hey, if you guys don't understand this, that's okay. Mm -hmm. Just ask me. And then we'll go through it either one-on-one -on -one or as a team, if it's an issue with the whole team and let's iron it out, but like create that safe space. And you know me pretty well at this point. Sometimes I can be very blunt. And what I found was that it almost made the team afraid to talk to me, quite yeah. frankly. And they were just like so focused on like protecting my time. And it became an issue to the point that one of my cleaners messaged me directly, which hardly ever happens and was like, hey, I haven't gotten paid for this, this invoice. Can you see what's going on? And it had been like three weeks. So I asked the team and they said, yeah, we needed to review it with you because there were some things that we didn't understand why they were charging us so much, but we knew you were busy. So we were just waiting for the right time. And I was, mm. I just said, guys, we, we can't not pay a vendor for three weeks. Yeah, you, yeah. Need to, you need to be able to ask me these questions. Like it's, it's okay to ask me questions. Yeah. And just, just to add to that, I've found you either get VAs that don't want to reach out because they don't want to bother you or the exact opposite where like they have analysis paralysis and don't want to make any moves unless they have your your thumbs up on it and one of the things that honestly and one of our principles that we implemented was bring me solutions not problems and that kind of eliminated especially one of our vas who just always wants to be right she she would come to us and be like Hey, uh, I have a problem. And it, when we brought this, this, you know, principle up, we were like, okay, it sounds like you have a problem. What's the solution. Right. And she started to realize, okay, I need to start thinking critically before I bring anything to the table here. The tough part I found, man, was when I stopped being so much in my business and being the guy to talk to the VAs and I handed that over to my COO now teaching her to talk that same way, because I feel like a lot of people who are you know, she's not the business owner of my business. She's she's the person that is in charge of the results. So she's very much like, okay, if the results aren't good, I'm the one Kyle looks at. But in doing that, right, she felt like, okay, if the VA doesn't get something right, then that's going to be a reflection on her. So instead of getting the VAs to think critically and holding them to that principle, she started giving answers and not making them think critically. So then I had to go retrain her and so it was, you know, this kind of like my leadership skills were always being challenged because it's like, okay, I got, I got on a good groove with the VAs, but then when I removed myself from talking to the VAs as much, now I had to say, okay, I'm, I'm and going to like John Maxwell's five levels of leadership. I was a, a level four leader probably with them, but my COO was only like a level two leader with them. And I had to go in and say, okay, how do I bring her up to a level four 
like I was. And, and that was a, a, a very interesting struggle. Have you gone through that at all? Um, and, and just kind of removing yourself from being the go-to guy. Yeah. And one of the things that I've always done is just invested in different education and mentors and a co-host client of mine runs a very successful financial services business. And we get together every once in a while and go grab dinner and just talk shop about stuff. And he had told me about a business coach that he had hired who was um, an EOS certified coach, right? EOS oh, cool. is the traction system. Yep. And he made an intro. He's like, you should really talk to this guy. He's made a massive difference in our business and he's helped a ton. And so long story short, I ended up hiring him and he worked with not just with me, but he would have weekly team meetings with my entire team. And we went through and did first off a, a personality assessment to understand everybody's natural strengths, weaknesses, and communication styles. Mm. And then um, how best to work together and then set up meeting cadences and frameworks and all that stuff. But the getting to my COO or my number two, Matt, the light bulb that went off for him after I talked to him going through this stuff with, with Brian was you can't talk to every employee the same way if you want to get the most out of them. Like I can be very direct and blunt with Matt, but if I do that with say Kelly on my team, she's going to, she's going to crumble, right? right? So I have to adjust my communication style to really get the most out of everybody. And when you understand that it, it makes such a big difference. There's not just one type of communication style that's going to work for everybody. And you as the leader have to know that and have that self-awareness to know, to adjust your approach with certain people. Yep. Absolutely. Well, and, and I kind of like to refer to the love languages, but in business love languages, right? Like mm. aside from physical touch, I'm not going to do any physical touch, but <laughs> you know, when it comes to <laughs> get in trouble. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When it comes to like words of affirmation or gifts or acts of services, you know, there's a lot of ways that there's verbal and nonverbal communication, right? That can be done that show appreciation and give your employees, your VAs, that warm, fuzzy feeling that make them feel appreciated. Not just, you know, and I think we're talking about just slightly two different things because you're, you're really talking about, you know, how do we, how do we communicate effectively and meet them where they're at based on their personality or based on, you know, what they're comfortable with. But also I think one of the biggest things that I love about leading other people is if I can figure out what makes them smile, like I want to do that all the time because that creates more loyalty than anything. Um, I, I remember there was one VA we had, um, that, you know, um, just was very shielded and very like cut off. And I never was able to break through with that. And no surprise, three months later, she just ghosted us and was gone. And I really felt like, man, I was never able to really break through with that person and really figure out like what, what made them tick, what made them smile. And I feel like, you know, that was something that had I figured that out, maybe that person would have stuck with us, but either way, she wasn't the right fit from the beginning. Going back to just, you know, like having VAs in your business, a lot of people are like, when is the right time to add a VA to my business? W what do you tell people when they ask that? What I always start with, and I'm we were talking off air, I've mapped out these seven steps that when I look back that I went through to kind of get to where we're at now. Mm -hmm. But one of those steps is to do a two week time study. Mm. And again, I got it from that business coach that I hired who basically you create a simple Google sheet or an Excel sheet and just 
you know, Sunday to Saturday across the top. And then in 15 minute increments from whatever time you get up five, six, seven o'clock all the way through the time you go to bed and you print it out. And every 15 minutes you, you pause for a second and just write down what you're doing. Mm -hmm. And the first time I did it for the first two days, it was so painful and it just felt right. like this boring chore. But doing that exercise for a full two weeks and then you evaluate it and there's a whole process to go through. But it gave me so much clarity around where was my time actually going in the business, but also personally, you know, right. you document everything from, you know, showering to bathroom to brushing your teeth, whatever. So you get you see on a plain piece of paper, this is where my time is actually going. And then you start to categorize those things of like, OK, is this like highest and best use So these dollar productive activities or what could I delegate to somebody else to get them to do it at least as 80 percent as good as I could to free me up to focus on more of those dollar productive activities. That was so eye opening for me when I did that. I always thought I was a pretty efficient guy, but when I went through that exercise, I was like, man, there's so many things that I'm doing that I should not be doing if I'm honest with myself. What were some of those things? Like simple things of why am I checking up on cleaners, right? At the very beginning, why am I doing that? Somebody else can look at those photos. Yeah. Why am I the one that the last thing that I let go of, that was the hardest thing for me to let go of. And this was probably, this was in the last 15 months was actually creating the owner reports mm. at the end of the month. That was the last thing that I held on to because I had just so much fear around what if that, what if they get it wrong? I thought for sure you were going to say pricing. No, no. I think it was just because that, if you get back to a lot of like just the basic fears as humans, like mm -hmm. that acceptance of doing a good job, if the owner reports weren't correct, right? in my head, they would question everything else that we were doing. Right, right, right. So I, I held on to that with everything I had. But once I finally let that go, it, it really, it really was the last straw that I was like, okay, I've, I've accepted this, this new level of, of leadership and, you know, CEO level activities. And I, I built a team that I wholeheartedly trust. And we have this really good culture of everybody owns their stuff. They work very well together and I can empower and trust them fully now. That, that was, again, one of those lightning or light bulb moments where I was like, we built something pretty special where I don't have to be in it all the time. Nice. All right, listen up. If you are not using Price Labs, you are literally throwing money in the trash. Dynamic pricing is a must in our industry. If you don't know what that is, dynamic pricing is just a fancy term for supply and demand pricing. When demand is high, Price Labs will get you high price bookings. And when demand is low, it will fill up your calendar while the competition overprices themselves and leaves everything vacant. I was dumb in the beginning of my short-term rental journey. I thought I could do it all without Price Labs. So one day I just said, you know what? Enough is enough. I'm going to try this thing out. And immediately my income went up 15 to 20% on my listings. I really was kicking myself. I should have been using this from the beginning. So don't make the same mistake as me. Get started with your free 30-day trial at fearlesskyle.com forward slash price labs. Or even better, how about getting 25% off your first six months as a thank you for being a part of the STR six-figure formula membership? That's right. Go to fearlesskyle.com forward slash 6FF to become a member and claim that discount today. Okay, so we, we've kind of talked about the leadership side, we've talked about the when is a good time. I, I like the the two week time study. I did that as well. And and 100% like 
it was a pain in the butt, but it was so revealing for me. It was even more so just like realizing, Hey, I'm spending a lot of time on meaningless reports because I'm just kind of like, I get, I geek out sometimes on the, the numbers. I'm like, I could literally take this instead of doing it every day. I could do it every four or five days and still get the same results out of it. And that cut probably two hours per day out of my time. So I, I 100% agree. If you guys are questioning that at all, like just do it and it will probably give you so much clarity that you didn't even know that you needed. What about just where to find them? And I know you said earlier, like that your some of your light bulb moments were bringing on someone and actually giving them the the right onboarding process. But I also have been in rooms where you said like, you didn't feel like you had the right person from the beginning. Um, so where did you end up finding these people and what was the difference when you started, especially like interviewing what you were looking for to make sure that they were the right fit? Yeah. So one simple hack that I use was in the requirement section, they had to have worked for Airbnb in their call center. So nice. that way they at least had a basic understanding of our overall business. But the, the big change happened when I really went deep with that business consultant to understand personality types. So if I, if I know that I'm looking for somebody that is going to focus on say guest support, right? Guest communications, guest support, all of those things. If I get somebody that has a certain profile, that's really good with numbers, very analytical, but super introverted, they're probably not the best fit for somebody that needs to communicate a lot with guests and have that hospitality. So when you understood everybody can look good on paper, yeah. right? So take that, then apply the personality assessment and then create a standard set of interview questions, one for competency, but two for more of a cultural fit. We're a super high performance culture. And so in the fall, we added another VA. And within six weeks, I noticed that she wasn't on the team call. And I said, hey, what's going on? Can somebody message her? And they said, no, um, she's not with us anymore. And I said, what happened? And they said she wasn't the right fit. She couldn't keep up and uh, she was dragging us down. So we told her not to come anymore and we'll find somebody else. I didn't even have to do anything. The team just pushed this person out because they weren't pulling their weight. And mm. so again, that came back to a culture thing and then we went and found somebody else. So the culture side of it and the, the natural tendencies, cause somebody can gut through it for a while, but eventually they're not gonna be satisfied. And you either have to move them into a role that they could thrive and sustain long-term or you gotta let them go. Like one or the other. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's, Kind of a good segue, you know, I think we see this a lot. Cleaners, VAs, contractors, just about anyone in this business, they come in, they're excited, they get off to a good start, and then some complacency starts to happen. I've got a story about this, but I want to hear one from you of like, did you have either as a whole, your VAs start to kind of go downhill on some of your KPIs? And how did you bring them back up? Or was there maybe a story of one person that started to kind of just, you know, hit, hit, like just not hitting those KPIs and you knew that they were the right fit. So you didn't want to let them go, but you needed to kind of work with them to get them back up to where they're performing. I've had that happen a lot more with cleaners than I have with the VAs. Okay. I've only had it happen after I got all the like process stuff dialed in that we've been talking about. I've only had it happen with one VA. And again, a, a business mentor of mine highlighted this for me. He's like, usually when performance slips, 
it tends to be something personal going on with them. So trying to pull it out of them. And when I set up a call with the VA that the performance was in, was going down, basically they were explaining to me that this person's mother was very sick and they were trying to do double duty and take care of their essentially dying mother and do this job. And it was just too much for her. And so we had to make a call on it. And she was in a position where she didn't need to work. Um, her husband had a job and could supply it. So she decided to just step out and just take some time to, to spend with her mother. The only other time was um, same thing. Something personal was going on. It was health issues. And so this person had been working daytime here in the U.S., but that's a graveyard shift for them. And um, they were having some medical issues and things were going on. And when they got evaluated, they basically were suffering from insomnia. And the doctor mm. told this person, hey, you you got to make a change. You can't be doing these graveyard shifts anymore or something like yeah. your health is going to deteriorate. And this person's a total rock star. So we just adjusted their schedule because we didn't want to lose them. And uh, now they only work overnight shifts. And they the way that we set it up, so they work 4 a.m. till noon. So we still have some overlap from like 8 a.m. Eastern to noontime Eastern when when we're on shift so yeah. that we can communicate and do what we need to nice. do. Nice. So. Awesome. I've got a quick story and then I want to ask you a question based on this story too. So at one point, our VAs for about a four or five month period, one of our major KPIs, which is just um, communication, the communication reviews that you get on Airbnb, the goal is always 98%, but the minimum is 95%. We were seeing across the board, 92s and 93s for about four or five months. And I was like, what is going on? And, you know, I had to sit there and, and really think because we were having meeting after meeting. And I was like, man, like, I know what the problem is. I'm the problem. I realized that this, for the same reason that I, I bonus my employees, I bonus my quality control inspector, I bonus my cleaning manager, I bonus my cleaners. I'm not bonusing my VAs. So there's, of course, no repercussions or there's no fear of loss or there's no, you know, uh, excitement of getting more income if I'm not giving them a bonus. So we implemented a bonus structure and these VAs now have a chance to make between 10 to 20% more per month through this bonus structure. And now there's only been one month over the last year that the VAs have not gotten the bonuses and that brought our KPIs back up. So my question for you is, do you have any sort of incentives, bonus structures or anything for your VAs to, to continue to push them? We have, and I'm actually reworking it now though, because a realization that I had was a lot of their bonus was based on profitability in the company. Hmm. And if they're not the ones pulling the levers on pricing or certain things, right. they don't have control over it, which isn't right. fair to them. Yeah. So I've been talking with Matt to see how can we restructure this to do it based on guest communication and review scores, things like that, that are more in their control because some of them have different roles. So it's not fair to, to bonus them based on things that are out of their control on right. a continuous basis anyway. Yep. hundred percent. What are some of those KPIs that you're going off of for your VAs? The big one is review scores and guest communication. So we use a PMS that gives us analytics. So I can see average response time per VA. And so one of our KPIs is they have to respond to every inquiry within 10 minutes or less. Mm. Like that's just a KPI. We monitor that every single week as a team on our KPI scorecard. 
because that's that's completely in their control. Yeah, it's we have enough staff. There should never be a reason why we don't get back to a guest within ten minutes or less. And even if things go south in a property, you can still salvage a good review by good communication and showing them that you care and that we're doing everything that we can and keeping them up to date on how we're going to remedy whatever situation is going to happen. So those are the big ones that across the board I focus on with, with the communication side with the VAs. Very cool. So if someone's listening right now and they've gone through it, they've said, I've hired some VAs, didn't work, but now they're having some light bulb moments or, you know, like, I had one person here uh, in the group say, um, I don't have VAs yet, but I've been thinking about hiring one. What, what should be some next steps for them? And uh, I, wanna, I want you to talk about something cool that you've got going on too. Yeah, sure. So I'll break down those seven steps and then I'll, I'll give you guys a resource after that Kyle was talking about. So <clears throat> the first thing that you need to do is, and we talk about this all the time, is really identifying what do you want? Why did you start this business? What is your goal with this business? And for most people that I talk to, they want financial freedom, which is essentially time freedom. Mm-hmm. And so what I encourage people to do is start to define your week. What does your ideal week look like? And if you're in a job right now, that's fine, right? Set it up for that for now. Okay, here's when I want to have communications with my team. Here's where I want to spend my time in the business and and create that in your calendar. And then eventually when you get out of your job, you structure your week, however you want to structure your week. Yep. Mondays, I don't take meetings. Tuesdays, I have a heavy meeting day. Wednesdays, I do half a a day of meetings and some work. And then I go off in the afternoon. Thursdays, heavy meeting and podcasts. Friday meetings, morning meetings, and then the rest of the day golf or whatever I want to do. Like that's how I've set up my weeks. So like, just think about it. How would you want to design your week for you? Once you figure that out, then you got to know yourself. Again, going through different personality assessments. One that I really like to use is called Five Voices. It's fivevoices.com. It's based off of Myers-Briggs, but I found that one has worked very well so that you know, like, what are your strengths and weaknesses and what would keep you in flow? Then figuring out what you need and you do that through that two-week time study, right? Step four is then what we call creating your 4R doc, which is essentially your job description, but I call it the four R's. I got this from Alex Sharfen. It's what are the, what's the role? What are the responsibilities? What are the results that they're responsible for? And what are the requirements of the job? So the four R document, and we house those. Most people, when they create a job description, they create it, they hire somebody, and then it goes and it's just wherever on some Google Drive or Dropbox, and it doesn't get touched. Ours get updated constantly as different people, if their role evolves, we update the four R doc. If they get a promotion, we update the four R doc. And that's what we use as their scorecard, again, for the results that they're responsible for. Nice. Right? So that's that step. Then you want to make sure that you're documenting your systems, creating that playbook that you were talking about, your yep. SOP playbook, right? Next is the whole hiring and onboarding process. And then eventually it's managing and leading. Mm. And so when you finally get into that CEO seat, your job is, is to lead. So you're casting the vision of where you're going and then you're hosting weekly meetings and empowering your team. Yeah. You're reviewing your KPIs to make sure that the boat is moving in the right direction. And then you're reviewing all the different projects that that team is working on, right? So there's the day-to-day stuff that they always have to do. Example right now of a project is we're adding SiteMinder, which is a integration to our PMS that'll get us on more hotel OTAs. And so Sandy's been running point on that. So 
she goes to all the meetings, she figures it out, she works with the team and delegates if she needs to, but she is the sole owner of that. A few months back, she got us on Expedia for the hotel. Same thing. She ran point on that whole thing. So they'll update us on different projects on that weekly meeting. Nice. And then figure out, all right, what are your bottlenecks? What do you need help with? What are your yep. next steps? And we just review that week after week after week. Nice. Right. So th when you do that, and then like you said, the, the big thing, we kick off every meeting with personal and professional wins. So I want to know all Same. of them personally. Yeah. Right? I, I want to know what's important to them. I've helped... Mark, who we'll talk about here in a minute, create a whole nother business for him, which has enabled him to like start buying real estate, right? I've helped JM, who's my assistant. She wanted to start a dog treat business on the side. I helped her with that and map that out. Just like what are important to different people on your team and how can I give to them? Because if you, if you create a great work environment for people where they're treated well, they feel like they're part of a bigger vision, they're not going to leave you. Like right. you, you are the opportunity. And you talked about that in Breckenridge last year, right? Like that's, that's the key to the whole thing. I love it. Okay. So I've, I've got six steps written down. So maybe I missed one. I, I heard get your weekly schedule, then the five voices, the four R's document your system, oh, yeah. hiring and onboarding. Yeah. The, uh, the time study. Time so, study. Got yeah, it. The five voices, then the time study. Okay. <clears throat> there we go. Cool. And then. I love what you said about managing and leading selfishly because it's the exact same thing I do. <laughs> so, um, I mean, it, that's the thing though. Like I, I will say at one point I got really lazy with the weekly meetings and I was like, my team's got it. And then three weeks later, there's all these things that because of a lot of different reasons, because they're not being held accountable because of complacency, because of X, Y, and Z, things just weren't getting done. And I was like, wow, as much as I would love to offboard these weekly meetings too, I really do need to at least stay in this. The business I, that I hired told yeah. me this. He said, it's not that you need to be on there to like contribute. You need to be on there to show them that they're important. And this exactly. meeting was important. Yep, exactly. Um, and I, and I love what you said about the personal and business wins. Cause that's exactly how we start off every meeting with ours too. Okay. So the resource you've got. Talk about that for a second. Yeah. So you've known, I've been doing this for a couple of years now for our mastermind students where yeah. we teach them all these seven steps is kind of like once they get their portfolio up and they've scaled, we teach them how to do all this. And then eventually they were like, Hey, can, can you just recruit VAs for us? Right. And I have an unfair advantage, full transparency, because Mark on my team was employee number four at Airbnb's call center in the Philippines. And he grew it to 5,000 agents. So now anytime we need a new VA, he just goes back through his Rolodex of people that used to work for him and we just cherry pick them right from Airbnb. And so we started doing that for the mastermind students and putting them through all these systems and the same thing. And it's worked great for the last couple of years, but more and more people have DM me and said, Hey, you know, I love all this stuff that you're talking about with the VAs. Can you help recruit a VA for me? Like, is that something that you'd offer? And I didn't do it for a long time just because it was selfishly a perk of being in the mastermind, but I've gotten more and more people asking for it. And if I'm completely honest, the real reason full transparency that I didn't go wider with it is because I knew if I scaled it more, Mark wouldn't be able to continue working for me in my property business because it, he would just be too busy. And so once I had a conversation with him about what his goals were and where he wanted to go, and he loved doing the recruiting and basically building his own business. And I said, I'm, I realized I was being really selfish. And uh, I said, okay, fine. So we came up with a transition plan over the last four months. And Mark's official last day, like full time with me on the property side 
is uh, next week. So starting June 1st, somebody else has replaced him in the company, everything else, nice. and he's just doing the recruiting full-time. And nice. so we have this partnership now where we essentially go out, recruit, onboard, and train and supervise VAs for folks. Mark runs point on the recruiting end of it and overseeing all the VAs. And then we offer like the coaching side of it of how do you actually run this effectively and create your SOPs and do all these things so that it works. Because you and I were talking offline of, I could give everybody Mark, but yep. it's not going to work if you don't have all this other stuff. It exactly. Exactly. And um, we had Mark on the podcast a few months ago. And I mean, being just, you know, being a client of Mark's too, because, you know, I, I wouldn't be bringing you on. I wouldn't be bringing Mark on to talk about it unless I experienced it myself. What I loved, and we've kept both of the VAs that he's brought on, what I loved was he just gets it right. Like he just understands here's what they need in order to be successful. Whereas in the past, when I've tried to find my own on upwork.com or onlinejobs.ph, or even going through staff find virtual staff finder, which was pretty successful for, for me, there just still was that variable of like, I need to be the one to do all the research on this person. And I have too many things going on. Like I, I just have a lot on my plate to where like, I don't want to have to go and do all the background check on what's this person's experience and what are they going to be, you know, up to date on all the things Airbnb. I just got to tell Mark, like, here's what I'm looking for. And he brought it to my plate. And because we had all these things, those seven steps done before, that's why those two VAs have stuck with us and been really successful. In fact, one of them is like, by far a grand slam our best va that we have and so like yeah i mean he he knows his stuff for sure so where where can people go kind of for these next steps um for yeah i put i know everybody's busy yeah. so i put it's super short on yeah. how the whole thing works it's eight minutes less than eight minutes long you go to strsecrets.com slash va and you okay. can watch it it's like an eight minute video then you uh, hit the button below. You can book a call with my team and they can explain it in more detail. Perfect. Okay, cool. And then for those of you that are listening to this on replay on YouTube or in the podcast, we'll put that in the show notes as well. Mike, is there anything that we didn't talk about that you want to leave people with today? The only thing that I'll say is once you get this going, what I focus on and I know what you focus on is continuing to invest in my leadership and essentially leadership skills. Like that's, that's all that I do. I, my team will research all the, the tech stuff of like optimizing our business. And we have a lot of contacts in this industry now. So when somebody like piques my interest about something, I'll look into it and then I'll hand it off to the team right. and then they figure out how to execute on it. Yep. All that I focus on is that vision and the culture and the leadership. That's it. And that's why this thing keeps moving in the right direction. If you can get that dialed in, and I'm not going to lie, it's one of the hardest things to do. And that's why most small businesses fail is because of the leadership piece. But that's really where you're going to get your highest ROI and the most satisfaction from running a business. I love it, man. All right, Mike, thanks so much for jumping on and helping everyone to conquer the world of short-term rentals and especially virtual assistants. I appreciate you, brother. Likewise. All right, one more time on that website, strsecrets.com forward slash VA. Pretty simple. You can go ahead and... Sign up there and get an onboarding call and a consultation call with Mike's team. See if it's a good fit for you. Overall, though, what I want to just encourage you guys today is just go for it. But 
have those seven steps set up beforehand. That was the biggest thing. I didn't have it set up exactly like what Mike said with those seven steps. But when I look back at it, that was the difference. Those things that I did before bringing on VAs, that was the difference between having successful VAs and non-successful VAs. When I didn't do the time study, when I didn't have the company manual, I wasn't documenting systems. I wasn't doing an onboarding call or onboarding process with them. When I didn't have all that, that's when VAs came on and they left just as quickly. When I did do those things beforehand, that's where we now had successful hires, successful onboarding processes, successful VAs staying with our business for the long term. So do those things first and then move over to finding the VA. That's the biggest recommendation I have for you. That's going to do it here today on the Fearless Investor Podcast. We're helping you to conquer the world of short-term rentals. We'll see you next time. Hey, Fearless Investor community. Thanks again for listening to this episode of The Fearless Investor. If you haven't already, please subscribe and leave a five-star review. And for more free content, check out my YouTube channel, also called The Fearless Investor, and our website, www.fearlesskyle.com. Until next time, keep on conquering the world of short-term rentals.